Welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. And I'm Nate. And I am Paul Nate. Paul Nate? <laughs> I am Nate Paul. That's why we're together, because we, we have each other's last names. Um, so uh, we've just been talking off mic here about this topic of um, dealing with the demonic. And it's occasionally funny <laughs> when you do. Um, I'll never forget uh, Gary Gilbertson mm-hmm. was doing a teaching on the demonic at St. Olaf, which is it. He, he was bold to do a teaching on the demonic at St. Olaf College. And he was bold in dealing with the demonic. He absolutely was. He absolutely was. God gave him a real gift in that. Event. Yep. And he's, he's not afraid of it. And so he teaches it just very practically, very practically. And he told this story once that Sarah and I always quote. Um, he's like, you know, you don't have to worry. Demons aren't that smart. They're really not. And he told the story about how he was, um, there was this girl who was just, it was so sad, just horribly plagued by demonic stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. thoughts that were not her own, constantly keeping her up at night, leading her to have suicidal desires. And just, it was just sad, sad, sad. She was really oppressed, really tortured. And so, you know, Gary was ministering to her and he was casting out this and that. And there was some background of her parents in witchcraft or something like that. Um, and so he was praying along those lines and then he's, and then he just says, all right, is everything gone? And then the girl says, and it's not the girl talking, it's the demon talking, which happens sometimes says, yes, we're all gone. (laughs) That's a real story. The demon said, yes, we're all gone. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> and it was a great story for us because as soon as he started talking about the demonic, everybody kind of freaks out. I mean, I grew up with it. My mom was in deliverance ministry when I grew up. So like for me, dealing with the demonic is exactly like taking out the garbage. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what it is. You're taking out the spiritual garbage in your life. And it just has to happen sometimes. Let's and, let's talk about that because Chuck, yeah. Kraft, Chuck Kraft made that great point mm-hmm. that demons... are like rats that feed on the garbage in our life. What is the garbage? Unforgiveness is the biggest one. In my experience, in my experience, maybe you have more experience with deliverance than I do, but in my experience with deliverance, which is, by the way, the word deliverance, if you're not familiar with, is just the stuff we're talking about, the, the ministry of expelling the demonic from places it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. and setting up the flag for the kingdom of God. And, in my experience with deliverance, um, unforgiveness is by far the number one thing behind it. You got Derek. Prince like I'm talking, you. I'm talking like seventy percent at least mm-hmm. seventy. I haven't keep an actual record, so that's a guess. But I'm thinking at least seventy percent is. Mm-hmm. It all boils down to back in the day, something happened that they haven't forgiven that they're holding on to, and the Bible flat out says that gives ground, gives the foothold to the enemy. Yeah. And that we're delivered to the tormentors, Matthew 18. Yes, and, and I just preached on this like, last week. Yeah, that looks like demonic It does. Powers. Read Matthew 18 in that section, and, and it's the, the rich master who forgives the servant, you know, millions and millions of dollars, and the servant goes out and yells at the servant that owes him 50 bucks. And then the master brings the guy back who he forgave and was like, you should have shown mercy like I showed you mercy. So now I'm handing you over to the torturers until you pay back everything you owe. And then Jesus says the scariest verse in the Bible, which is 
so will my heavenly father do to you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Mm-hmm. If you don't forgive your brother from your heart, you will be handed over to the torturers, quote unquote. And what does that mean? I believe that is literally saying that if you live in unforgiveness, there will be demonic activity in your life. If you, un- if you do not forgive, there will be demonic activity in your life. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to go through that. Yes. Okay? And so if you don't want the torturers, the jailers, to be having any influence in your life, which you should not want, then make sure you've forgiven everybody from your heart. That means really fully in all the way. And so it's not just that you won't be forgiven if, you're, if you don't forgive. That's true. Jesus says that elsewhere. If we don't forgive, then we're not forgiven. By him. That's pretty serious too. But he's saying it's more serious than that. Your life, pardon the language, but your life's going to suck if you live in unforgiveness because there's going to be demonic activity. There's going to be rats. To use that analogy, rats. Do you want rats all over your house? No, you don't want rats all over your house. That's horribly disgusting. I would leave my home and not return until the rats were gone, right? Um, And we're talking about your own soul here. Do you want the rats in your soul? No. So you need to get rid of that garbage. Once you get rid of the garbage, the rats are going to leave because there's nothing for them to eat. And that was this great point that Chuck Kraft made that what do we go after? Do we go after the demons? Well, we deal with the garbage in our life, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. Paul says in Ephesians 4, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And listen to this next phrase. And give no (coughs) opportunity to the devil. To the devil. And opportunity there also means foothold. Again, it's a military term. Give no foothold. What's a foothold? A foothold is Normandy Beach in France. When the Allies took Normandy Beach, it's a very small area, but that was a foothold in Europe. Once we got Normandy Beach, World War II was over. It was just a matter of time. Okay? When the devil gets a foothold in your life, he will encroach farther and farther and farther and farther until you kick him out. Mm -hmm. And so Paul there is saying, hey, if you give in to anger, and we've talked about anger in a previous podcast series. You can look that up. Um, But if if you give into that in an ungodly way, it can be, it it just wreaks havoc in your life because it gives the devil an opportunity, a foothold, and we don't want to do that. So how do we recognize whether the demonic is active in our life or in someone else's life? Say you're counseling Mm -hmm. and you're trying to discern it. I've just written down a few things here. If if we see involuntary action Mm -hmm. or compulsive behavior like long-standing lust or perversion, lying or suicide attempts, overwhelming emotions like depression, hatred, or unforgiveness. These things might, might. not always, mm-hmm. but might indicate demonic activity, cultic or occult activity, or a disturbed family history, or chronic family illness may also be traced back to demonic roots, as well as extremes of one side or another, like extreme legalism or extreme license, mm-hmm. one way or the other. Yep. Uh, flip Extremes. side. So those are, 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 are tools and they can be clues as to the activity of Satan. Plus, if someone has a gift of discernment, they can help us. Which, which is really, really helpful. And I would, I would just clarify that list by um, also saying 
uh, besetting sins, which is a sin that you just can't kick. Mm-hmm. Now, we all sin. We all make mistakes. And, and some of us will make mistakes in the same area, you know, multiple times. But if it's like, you just, you can't not lie. And, and you want to stop and you can't. Those kind of sins, those kind of areas, there can, can, might. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not saying always, but we're saying there can be a demonic influence there that is sort of latched on to that sin in your life. Because by doing that sin, you sort of, you give license in a sense, you, you give yourself over to that sin. And if you do it over and over, it creates a little habit in your, in your, in your brain. It literally changes your brain as you habitually do behaviors over and over again. It changes the physical structure of your brain. And I think there are times when that gives a foothold, gives ground to the enemy. And then he sort of lashes himself in there. And so then in order to get over it and get past it, you now have to clean house. You got some garbage, in mm-hmm. other words. Mm-hmm. You, you made a big mess. You got you know, a big pile of garbage in your in your bedroom, in, in your garage, wherever. And you just need to clean it out. Um, and then the other one I would say is um, other religions. Um, pagan religions, other worship. If you, you know, you or your parents came out of Hinduism or came out of Islam or anything else. Um, worshiping other gods because Paul is clear in Corinthians that these other gods are actually demons. Mm-hmm. They're actually personalities as well. They're real. Mm-hmm. You know, all is real. Gozer's real. All these folks are real. Now, if you look at it throughout history, I think you'll probably find that a number of them have multiple names. Isis from Egypt might be somebody might, might also be Aphrodite from, from Greece and might be, you know, somebody now too. I don't know um, how that works exactly. I wouldn't be surprised, but, but there are beings. And so if you're worshiping another being other than God, a demonic being, well, that's a problem. I think you can see that. That's certainly giving uh, a license to that demonic presence in your life. And so that's something you want to get cleaned out. And again, these aren't um, things that we need to be afraid of. It's, it's house cleaning. It's house cleaning. Um, and what, so whether it's you for yourself and your own actions or inactions, uh, for your family, talk about family history, that's a big thing too. Um, but these are all things that you can simply pray through and be done with. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we're not saying this is a, it's not a power encounter where a bunch of people with clerical collars and a pint of holy oil walk into a room with a sour look on their face and say, now we're going to get to the bottom of this demon. And it's it, like, that's very Hollywood and very stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's not real. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you just proclaim the truth and you speak softly and gently and the demon does what it needs to do, which is go. Yeah. And there are probably people in your church who can help you with this. And I recommend that until you, and actually I recommend everyone do that until you've dealt with this a lot on your own and you feel comfortable doing it on your own, you should have other people with you. And if you've never dealt with this, then go to your pastor. And if your pastor, you know, isn't able to do it or willing themselves, they might be able to point you to somewhere else, or there's plenty of, uh, deliverance ministries, you know, especially in larger cities, there's probably a couple of deliverance ministries and you could go to them and ask them for some help. Um, and to just pray with you, you know, as the body of Christ, we're supposed to do each, do stuff together, right? We're supposed to help each other bear one another's burdens, it says. And I think that includes helping each other take out the trash. Good. So the rats leave. Yep. And so if you, if the, you find something in your life or the life of a, of a loved one, um, that you think needs to be dealt with, then grab a friend, bring it with them. I, I would recommend maybe not using the word demon if you think that's going to cause fear or panic in them you, you call it something else 
spiritual darkness. spiritual yuckiness darkness works the light and dark metaphor is a strong one that has really survived in western culture um mm-hmm. pretty well better than a lot of other biblical metaphors have um and so the light dark motif really works be like hey there's there's just influ- dark influence in your life how about we clean that up so that more light can shine out the clearer and wouldn't that be good yeah very few people are going to say no that wouldn't be good if they did maybe there definitely is a demonic issue there um so spotting it can be difficult um i think ask the lord to show you is the best way and find a friend with discerning of spirits if you have one like paul sharing um last week um, he brought around a guy who had the gift of discerning of spirits. And if you don't ask the Lord, just say, Lord, I need some help here. I need, I need guidance. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead you into all truth. That was Jesus who said that. He will lead you to all truth. So ask him, I need some truth. I need some guidance. Show me what is going on in my life or in my friend's life. Is there something spiritual we need to deal with? It? And just deal with it. Just pray about it. It's, it's not hard or difficult or scary. And... Um, bring someone with if you can but recognizing it if you don't have a gift of discernment and haven't seen the signs before it can be difficult i think sometimes though it's obvious and and i have some experiences with that where it was obvious we were praying uh, this was in college praying for a girl after a fellowship time and she was new um she had come once she'd come once and then got scared away and then i met with her and had coffee and she felt a little better about it and but said she was never going to come back and then she came back and i was really surprised um this was uh when gary led this particular ministry on campus Mm -hmm. and um so afterwards she's like i need prayer i'm having real trouble sleeping and i'm having like all these thoughts in my head that are just disturbing to me just thinking about things i don't want to think about and it's really uh distracting okay well you're a college student that could be normal um, my head was full of a lot of stuff when I was in college, especially myself, um, very full of myself, but, uh, but that raised a red flag for me having experienced things with the demonic before thoughts that aren't your own. Uh, your mind speaks, God speaks, the devil also speaks, learning to discern which voice is which Jesus talks about in, in John 10 and, and his sheep learn to follow his voice and won't follow another. Um, but she was not a Christian yet. She had grown up in the church and she wanted to give her life to God, but there were things in her way. Anyway, some of those were demonic as it turns out. And so we started praying for her. We asked her if we could lay hands on her and pray for her. And we started praying for her. We were praying for her for about a minute, pretty standard stuff, right? Um, I started praying in tongues quietly because I wasn't sure where to go from there. And the woman who was praying with me, who was the kind of the prophetess lady from new covenant from Gary's church at the time, um, was praying with me and she started praying in tongues too. And then the girl threw her head back violently. She was sitting in a chair. We were standing. She threw her head back violently, gripped the arms of the chair, the eyes in her head, the eyes rolled back in her head. So you could only see white. And she started making this sound from her mouth. That was not normal <laughs> hmm. I, I would say not human but i don't know how to quantify that uh, uh not a sound a human n- normally makes it was not a seizure i've seen many seizures and mm-hmm. this was not a seizure um and then 
she's after the noise. So she starts making the noise. She that all happens in like an instant, right? Rah! She's making this noise. And I look up at, at this lady, Margot, and I just give her like one of the raised eyebrows, like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. And she's like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. we, we gave each other a knowing look and neither of us were afraid. Several people at that point left the room because there were still plenty of people around at this point. Se- several left, and then one of the other leaders huddled together some of the others to quickly explain what was happening and, and joined together in prayer for it mm-hmm. so that no one else would be afraid or freaking out. Uh, she kept making noises, and then finally she started saying, let me go, 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 like over and over again like that. Um, and then she started swearing at us. And, and so we're like, okay. And then we just started casting it out. Um, and then it just it subsided slowly. It wasn't as immediate as it started. It subsided slowly, and finally she was sitting there, and she was sweating buckets by this point. Um, and finally she was done, maybe five minutes, not a real long thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't. I took my hand off her at that point um, because I was praying with a woman, and so she put both hands on her. Um, and that is a recommendation as far as guys praying for girls. Um, and that is wisdom, first of all, but it's also based on experience. You don't know what trauma they may have dealt with in life. And if it was sexual or abusive in nature, um, it probably came from the hands of a man. And so you sh- don't touch them at that point when you're praying for someone or even just counseling someone for trauma. It's just better not to. Um, anyway, and so it had subsided and it was the whole ordeal was about five minutes long. And she was, she didn't fully remember that five minutes. Mm, that's good. Uh, which was a real blessing. I thought that was God's mercy to allow her to not remember. She's like, what happened? And I'm like, what did you experience just now? Well, you were praying for me and it felt really good. And I, I feel really nice now and really tired. Like I need to go to bed. Um, but good. We're like, okay. You know, and then I started asking her about Jesus, which had been a previous conversation we were having. And she's like, yeah, I want to give my life to Jesus. Mm. And so we prayed for her and, and it was cool. The next day she came back a little scared because she's like, something happened last night and I don't remember what it was. And that was an experience she had had in her past because of bad things that were going on. Um, and so she was a little freaked out. And so we talked to her and I called Margot to come drive to campus and talk to her with me. Um, but it ended up great. And she gave her life to the Lord and she's married with kids and, and, and living a free life now. Praise the Lord. Um, that wasn't the only time we prayed for her because in her case, there were a lot, there was a lot of trauma um, mm-hmm. in her life and trauma requires forgiveness. Like you were saying, it requires healing and deliverance. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a package deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things happen. Oh. And there was another time at a fellowship group, I was leading a retreat and I had to leave early for some reason, but it was an overnight. And like, as soon as I left, a girl manifested demonically. Same thing, eyes roll back in the head, weird noise. She was gripping whatever pillow or something she was sitting on. Started um, saying something scary. And uh, I wasn't there, they're like, Nate's not here, what are we gonna do? But the, I was so proud of them because they stood up, these are 19 year olds, 20 year old kids, right? And they stepped up and they're just like, okay, you have to go in Jesus name, whatever it is that's happening right now, let her go. You have mm-hmm. no right to be here. And, and they had to, they had to pray for a few minutes. Sometimes like, like, like we said before, demons are dumb and sometimes they're also slow and sometimes they're a little hard of hearing, frankly. And so sometimes you have to just keep saying it for a while, but they will eventually get the picture 
and they'll leave. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it takes a little bit of persistence. Um, but those are kind of extreme examples, you know? I have an example yeah. that I, I think would be helpful to share. I was at a church doing ministry, and the pastor said, would you mind meeting with a girl who has some deep needs? And he suggested that it may be a need for deliverance. I did not have much experience in the demonic. I was fairly new in this area. And, but I was fine meeting with her. We sat down together. I and the pastor joined us, and she was noticeably uncomfortable right from the start. I asked her to share what she had been through, and she began to share her story, and it was a terrible, painful mm. story of Sad. abuse. Yeah at the hands of multiple men. She mm. was a young lady in her 20s, and uh, she shared this very sad story. And as she did, I felt like, yes, we're dealing with the powers of darkness here. This isn't just a counseling session. Right. This, is, this is a need for deliverance. And so at some point, uh, then I said, would you be able to forgive them for what they did? This is terrible. It's a big ass. Terrible, <laughs> terrible what they, what they did to you. And she said, absolutely not. I could never do that. And so then I, I shared what we already talked about last week about the garbage that unforgiveness is like garbage in your life and to have resentment and hostility toward people, <clears throat> you think you're paying them back. But in fact, it's just mold in your own soul and it's creating a, a huge barrier mm -hmm. between you and God and between you and other people. So I urged her to consider. I said, you're not, you're not saying that they didn't do anything to you. We're not, we're not, we're no. not excusing what they did and saying, it's okay now, we forgive them. Not at all. They did, it was dastardly, it was terrible, it shouldn't have happened. God was not in it. But in order for you to walk away in freedom from this, you must forgive. It took her, well, it was at least 20 minutes just talking back and forth and bringing her to the place where she finally said, okay, I will forgive them. And she started to let it go. Well, even then, because forgiveness is a process, but she was willing to start it. She, she tried. Mm. She could not say the words. Oh. She said, I, and she physically couldn't she form the words. Could yep. not. And that in I've seen itself, that too. Yeah. That in itself took 20 minutes to get her where she could actually say the word, yep. I forgive. That was a battle that we were fighting mm. for her. And she wanted to, but she couldn't get the words out, which showed the power of darkness gripping her and saying, we're not going to let her go. Yep. We're not going to let her. Finally... She was able to say, I, 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 for 
give. She said it as soon, and I mean as soon, as soon as she said it, her face changed. Mm -hmm. There was a, a an ease. There was a, a quietness. There was a peace. There was a comfort. And I knew what happened right at that moment. Yeah. The garbage, the the uh, the garbage was gone, and so the demons took off. Yeah, they left. So praying the prayer of deliverance, which we then prayed, it was almost an after effect. Right. I she said did the hard now, work. Yes. Which was forgiving. I said, "Now, demons out. I think they were already out." Be gone. Because see, they had Jesus. a right to be there because she mm -hmm. was holding on to that unforgiveness. You're right. You're Devil right. is a legalist. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's filing all the paperwork. He's like, look, I don't have to go anywhere. She hasn't forgiven. As long as she's hanging on to that unforgiveness, I'm staying put. You know? Yes. But she persisted. That's that's wonderful. That's awesome. And I've, I've seen similar things where people couldn't get words out. And then it's like, oh, okay. That, I was already suspicious. And now that sort of proves it. Yeah. Um, that's that's good. Um, so those are those are some signs that we can look for. I think next time we can um, continue this and talk about the fact that a lot of those cases were fairly extreme. Those are the ones where it's like there's obviously demonic activity happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, one time I even saw a demon with my physical eyes. I knew it was there because I saw it. It wasn't in a counseling session, but um, only happened once. I don't need it to happen again, by the way. Not, mm -hmm. I was not a real fan of that. Um, but those, I wanna, I wanna those pray. sessions were fairly extreme that we related. The the average um, dealing with the demonic in people's day-to-day -day lives is quite mundane and quite not sensational mm -hmm. and boring, quite frankly. Um, and next week I'd like to talk about that because that is the norm that most of us experience, including me, in my day-to-day -day, uh, walk with myself and others, um, is just casting out the normal stuff, <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess you might want to say. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Paul, why don't you pray for us? And I want to pray for people that are listening and who are thinking, my, I haven't been attentive, I haven't been aware, I haven't been listening, I haven't been putting on the armor. I haven't been uh, fighting against the darkness. And by the way, I want to talk about that next time, about how we put on the armor, because we did it as Good. a family. Yeah. And we had fun doing that. Great. So uh, if you are in that place and you feel that you have been vulnerable to the enemy, I'm glad you're listening because it is not complicated and it doesn't take a lot of time to go after this. You can do it alone or you, you can get it with, with friends or with the pastor, with uh, someone that you look up to. Father, we pray for these friends who are finding that they may have been assaulted and they see evidence in their life, things that don't <coughs> yield to normal prayer, behaviors or activities or habits that are prolonged or diseases that don't, uh, don't yield to prayer, uh, or um, mental battles that are just so tiring. We pray on their behalf, and we come against the enemy, and we say, you have no right touching the people of God. And uh, 
We, we take away their authority and we say, be gone in Jesus' name. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our friends. And we pray that they might walk in peace and in victory in the days ahead. We thank you, Father, for the cross of Jesus Christ, which uh, spelled the end to the enemy. We also thank you that he knows his days are numbered. Uh, my friend, I, I thank uh, you for what my friend used to say. If, if Satan reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future. And so we remind Satan that he doesn't have a good future. It's a dismal future. And we thank you that our future is an inheritance for us in heaven. And we bless you this day and every day through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless. God bless.